0: The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Greetings, geeks, and welcome to Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, mini episode 24.5. I'm Michael, and let's get into it. So, recently, Friend of the show, Eric, writes us, Heard Michael was looking for ways to shake up Wizards' half. While I enjoy listening to him squirm over the casual sexism of the Babe Hunk of the Month column, perhaps he could post the quizzes here on Twitter for listeners to answer, then Michael could read off the top response answers, rather than have to handle the whole test himself and give the flame-on clip a breather and i think we can all agree that the flame on clip needs to go for 2021 and never have to hear it again I think that's a good idea and we're going to start doing that. So basically what I'll do is I'm going to post the quizzes to the wizard's uh, Instagram and Twitter accounts and let you guys help me fill it in. And we can try to piece it through together and I'll see what I can guess as well as what you guys can fill in the blanks and I'll read all the answers and see who's got the best answers. So let's first start with the amazing art section. There is a lot of art in this month's issue. And to start, we have Christopher VanderTal from Grandville, Michigan. And he has the wizard's model person that uh, starts appearing more and more. Interesting caricature with an awkward looking wizard next to her. This guy won the winner of the gold foil wizard number 17. The next one we have is Jay Hacker the Third from Athens, Tennessee. A bloodshot drawing that's really, really nice. It's kind of cross between Cable, Punisher, and Bloodspot, Bloodspot or Bloodsport or whatever his name is, Inkblot, whatever you want to call him.
1: More!
0: The guy that, that Vin Diesel played in the movie that literally came out the day the pandemic happened and shut the world down. So, yeah, I gotta watch that movie, too, somewhere. But it's the winner of the Valiant Gold Eternal number one. They must have four million copies of this thing. Because every single month, they're giving away this Valiant Gold Eternal warrior number one. They can't get rid of this thing. It's pretty funny. The next one we have is by Howard Cobalt from Trumbull, Connecticut. And I think this is supposed to be a tick character. It's like a fly of some sort with some sort of creepy spider character next to him or like half man, half mechanical spider thing. It's very interesting. I just have no idea who it is, to be honest with you. Playmore! Then we have a drawing by Craig Smithson from. Arizona and it is solar man of the atom and it looks really really cool he's kind of blasting through a wizard cloak and Flying off into space and it's it's very very cool. The next one we have is by Calvin Henio from Albuquerque, New Mexico and He's got uh, what's the guy's name from spawn is it the eradicator But like the guy that John Leguizamo played that I always forget. I think it's the eradicator Play more! and that giant creature that kind of goes with him. It's interesting. It's very cool drawing, very scary also. And this is the winner of the Gold Foil Brigade number one. Another thing that Wizard just can't seem to get rid of is this Gold Foil Brigade thing. The next one we have is by Robert Henn from Seattle, Washington, who's got kind of a Mad Magazine version of Superman. It's kind of creepy if you ask me. It's like really interesting. It's really well done, but it's a little creepy. And it is the winner of DC's Platinum Superman number 75. Then we've got a drawing by Francisco, just Francisco, who did the pencils. And bob vorak who did the inks and it is i don't know who this character is it's it's, looks like a green lantern character it is a green lantern character because it's got a green lantern logo in there but is it like an original concept i guess it must be some sort of original green lantern type of character it's very cool looking it's interesting i just don't know who it's supposed to be and i and i know i could probably name all the green lanterns well that you've seen featured on any comic book ever Next, we have Kevin Toller from San Diego, California, who did a really beautiful spawn drawing in a cemetery with bats flying around him. It's very, very cool. It's in the moonlight. It's really, really Really nice. I almost said moon night, moonlight. Next, we have Aurelio Galindo Jr. from Chicago, Illinois, and he drew a bunch of Marvel women with the She-Hulk and Rogue and Psylocke and um i forget what this girl's name is it polaris i think the green hair the other daughter of magneto it's a very cool drawing really really nice well done the faces kind of all have a similar structure other than rose who's got kind of a side profile so it's a little bit different but it looks really really nice i mean it's much better than i could ever draw anything in my entire life then we have eric marshall from burlington indiana who has i think this is no this has got to be a an image character it's some version of an image character that looks like psylocke with a you know katana blade and an illuminated hand i think she she's popped up in one of the issues we've read these image characters are so forgettable i can't keep track it's it's really frustrating then we have ron lehman from bonsall california and I think this is the next men. They're all in that red and white outfit with, uh, you know, two guys that are bald. And, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, Yeah, I think it's the next men is what they're called. Or Playmore! It's cool. It's a very cool drawing. I just, these are characters that don't make it out of the 90s. And, therefore, I don't remember them. Other than when we talk about them here. Then we have Richard Brady from Marietta, California. And he drew a character... I guess it's supposed to... I'm not sure who this character is. It doesn't say. I can't figure it out, but... Oh, no, it's supposed to be Psylocke. Okay, it's supposed to be Psylocke. There's a little trademark thing next to it, which is nice. And it's interesting. It's She's kind of, like, cloaked in a wizard cloak, kind of hiding herself, who she, where she's kind of without clothes, if you will. Then we have Mike Mulkey, who drew something, like a wizard demon and a bald guy with a crossbow and like a drunk homeless guy who kind of looks like Sam Kinnison, I guess you would say. I don't know who this character is. These are probably either Valiant or Image characters, and that's why I don't know them. And I just don't have the time to learn all of them. Play ball! Deal with it. I apologize. Then we have Mark Guerrero from Ataka, Tennessee, and he drew Cyclops, Colossus, <laughs> Iron Man, and Spider-Man. And it says, how does Cyclops' visors work? Could the X-Men defeat Iron Man? Why doesn't Spider-Man get stuck in his own webbing? Questions answered. And Cable, baby, what? It's really cool. It's pretty funny. I like it. I, I, I dig it. It's pretty clever. That made me laugh. So that right there is our amazing art section. Woohoo. Next, we have My Kind of Hero. My hero and this month's My Kind of Hero, there's three new heroes. The first one is called Dragonfire. And it is created by Jeffrey Wayne Bullock from Raleigh, North Carolina. Secret identity, Kyle Dawnstar with two R's. Occupation, Mecca pilot, citizenship, United States. Legal status, no criminal record. Base of operations, armored Mecca research institute. Location is top secret. His height is 5'11", his weight is 214, eyes brown, hair dark brown now let's dive into this guy's power set while kyle dawnstar has no powers of his own when he is piloting his ship the omega he is in control of what is perceived as one of the most formidable space vessels in existence designed for combat omegas capabilities are not fully known fearing thievery From the Farthian and Zarkon empires, Omega's capabilities are kept under tight wraps at all time. Okay. Next, it says his origin. Kyle Dawnstar is a graduate of Aerotech University with a master's degree in bioengineering. How would it be in bioengineering if you're in aerotech? That doesn't really track but that's okay i'll let it go he was asked to join amri the armored Mecha research institute by his father who was at the time designing a prototype ship called the omega kyle was just starting to enjoy his time at amri when the farthian and zarkon empires invaded earth fearing global domination by the infidel aliens, the elder Dawnstar, I guess this would be the dad, accelerated the development of the Omega ship, cutting corners and working around the clock to get the powerful vessel completed. When the ship was online, Kyle Dawnstar was asked by AMRI to pilot the Omega. It was well known that the younger Dawnstar was an excellent pilot and could keep his wits about him, even in the toughest situations. Since then... Kyle and the Omega have been fighting the marauding aliens as the invincible Dragonfire. I don't understand how a bioengineer has an aerotech background and is an amazing pilot. But okay, whatever. I'll let it go. It's pretty cool. It's an interesting kind of thing. The the Omega ship kind of looks like a brain with a brain stem sticking out of it, kind of like a thing out of the Matrix, if you will. The next one we have is Hellbender. Creator, Jeremy Sinteki. Secret identity, unknown. Current occupation, none. Citizenship, heaven. Legal status, no criminal record. Marital status, single. Base of operations, mobile. Height is six foot. Weight is 32 pounds, okay. Eyes are green and gold. Hair is dark blue and gray. Okay. I don't know how he's 32 pounds, but maybe that's, a, maybe that's a heaven thing. I guess. I don't know. Powers. Hellbender's light weight contributes to his ability to defy gravity and take to the skies, but his method of propulsion remains a mystery. That means the creator couldn't think of a clever way to explain that. Aside from his powers of flight, he can, with a touch, calm people or scare off the malevolent of heart. That doesn't make sense grammatically, but okay, whatever. These powers are most probably the result of Hellbender's supernatural heritage. On top of all that, his striking appearance is oftentimes enough to scare the wits out of any person, good or bad. Okay. His origin story, though, says the Hellbender is a demon who repented and turned to heaven at or around the time of Jesus Christ. Interesting. In order to purify himself, he was ordered by God to act as a guardian angel for a trial period. When Christ died, Hellbender found himself on earth with the powers of an angel and the savagery of a demon. Since then, he has protected the innocent and teaches tolerance among people. Over time, he hopes to completely bury some of his overpowering demonic tendencies. Okay, interesting. The drawing's kind of cool. He looks kind of like a prophet, I guess, with these interesting colored eyes as they illustrate that they're green and gold. It's a cool little drawing. All right. The last one is the Yamakuza. Okay, the Yamakuza. The creator is Benjamin J. Joel Winski from Indianapolis, Indiana. And the real name is unknown. The marital status is unknown. Base of operations is mobile. Height 5'11", weight 220, eyes unknown, hair color black, okay? The power set, Yamakuzi, has mastered over 10 different styles of goju rai, kenpo, kung fu, and other deadly martial arts. With the push of a button, two three-foot katana blades, his preferred weapons of extermination extend from his wrist bracelets. Or braces. Or bracers? This doesn't make any sense. Other weapons of choice include tanfa, escrima and butterfly swords. Okay. I don't know. Clever. Well, Well thought out ideas. The origin. Although his origins are completely unknown... Again, the writer or creator couldn't think of something. That's why. Scholars can tell by the crest on Yamakuzi's chest that his origins are Okinawan or some sort of tie to an ancient land. Yamakuzi never breaks his code of silence and because of that vow, he remains a mystery whether or not Yamakuzi is capable of even speaking. This uh, character, these swords are gigantic and they protrude backwards which is kind of strange he's kind of a mix of like raiden and robocop-ish and that is my kind of hero
1: Greetings, future geeks! Adam here calling in on the 2099 hotline. This is the segment where I take you through Marvel's World of Tomorrow, and this time around we're digging into Punisher 2099 issues 11 and 12. When we last left the Punisher, he was in the middle of a battle with the new Jigsaw 2099, and it was a knockdown, drag out affair. At this point, Punisher manages to get the upper hand by sticking a grenade into his mouth. But it's not just any grenade, it's a cryo grenade and what it says is it works on the thermal energy implosion principle. All Jigsaw's body heat is sucked instantaneously into the core of the grenade, leaving him 200 degrees below freezing in a split second. Wow, that is cold, man. Huh? See what I did there? Anyway, he freezes him to the point where he's basically in a coma and when he wakes up, Jigsaw is attached to this table that has buzzsaws and all sorts of other sharp instruments pointed at him and so punisher is pumping him for information trying to find out what he knows about all the bad stuff that's been going down but it's really interesting because yeah he definitely pushes him to the edge and jigsaw reveals the plan but then punisher reveals that it was all a virtual reality room none of it was ever real so of course jigsaw really worried that his bosses are gonna come after him and he ends up in a cell in the punisher's dungeon and he asks there's no food or water in the cell how long are you keeping me in here well until i come back to fry you and don't worry if that's a long time i don't mind if you die of starvation instead oh yeah punisher 2099 man He is harsh. So the rest of the issue basically is the setup to the fall of the hammer. We get more instruction between the Thorite priest who is being instructed by Avatar who is the big bad pulling all the strings that he needs to find a suitable subject to become the new healer which already happened over in Ravage and then we get the Punisher in his alternate identity as Officer Jake Gallows going to Valhalla to inspect the security system and who does he run into but Ravage. Yes and it tells us that we will need to check out those issues of Ravage to see how it all plays out covered in our previous this mini episode. Now, the next issue, number 12, really is a one-off filler issue, and it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, really? This is just in the middle of all this? Or is this a flashback? Because it's definitely odd that this is what happened right after the fight with Ravage. But essentially there is a giant floating skyliner, yes, instead of a, an airliner or some type of luxury cruise boat that all these rich people are flying in, and for some reason the Punisher is there to investigate something. It was one of those things where I wasn't quite sure exactly why he ended up there or why he felt like he needed to be there, other than he got seemed to have gotten some word that it was going to be hijacked. So when we get into the story, we see there's this group of guys. One of them has a laser gun on his head, but all of them are jacked into some sort of... I don't even know what to call it. I, you know, it's not Venom like Bane has, but it's some sort of adrenaline rush that they get and it stimulates their pleasure centers. So they always have these giant, goofy grins on their faces, even though they're angry or in a fight with the Punisher. And so he basically talks about how they're addicted to this surge of pleasure that they get. But before the Punisher runs into them, we see that these hijackers have let out this untreated sewage from the vents inside this Skyliner. They say, ah! wet bacteria and burns so basically it's like toxic waste and when it lands on people it burns off their skin and pretty gruesomely we see their skeletons underneath so there's quite a bit of that mayhem going on and in the meanwhile Punisher is battling these guys and in the middle of the battle they say that they were hired by Alchemex because they wanted to ruin the safety record of Stark Fujikawa who are their competitors and were the builders of this guy Skyliner so it really is the classic corporate espionage which is really the focus of everything in 2099 so Punisher battles all of them only one survives and the guy manages to knock him out for a second and then just jump out of the Skyliner and Punisher says I don't need a jetpack all I need is hate So he just jumps out and he's chasing this guy faster, faster, faster as he falls, falls, falls. But then he knows that his jetpack is going to start up in 30 seconds, which will incinerate the Punisher because he's hanging on his back. So it's this countdown as he's trying to knock the guy out. And then finally he rips out his laser gun off his head and then rips out the pleasure center pipes. So now he's like, oh no, 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 I'm gonna die. I'm, I'm scared. And Punisher says, couldn't stand the thought of you hitting the ground with a smile on your face. You know, so that's it. Then the Punisher flies away on the jetpack. So yeah, then they tell us. And it all winds up here in Punisher number 13, The Hammer Falls. Preferably not on our heroes. This one will have everything and everybody. So the nice thing about this now is that it's giving me an actual outline of which issues I need to read. Obviously, I should have read Punisher before I read Ravage. I didn't know that. But now it's telling me Spider-Man 2099 number 16, Ravage number 15, X-Men 2099 number 5, Doom 2099 number 14. So now I have some idea of uh, the order I should be reading this in until I get to Punisher number 13, which apparently is the last chapter. So, what do you have to look forward to? Well, it's going to be X-Men 2099 issues one through four. So I'm very excited to delve into it. It was not a book I really read with any regularity back in the day. So, until next time, see you in the future. (laughs)
0: Now we have the hunk and babe of the month. Here we go.
1: I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it hurts. And I am too sexy for Milan, too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan.
0: the babe of the month is Velocity. I don't know who Velocity is. Whoa. If this girl moves as fast as she says she does, then I'm definitely in the race. Okay, okay. So she's kind of young, but hey, so what? That didn't stop Charlie Chaplin or Jerry Lee Lewis. Hmm. On second thought, look at that body though. Plus... She has gray skin. Kind of weird, but she'd be the life of the party. If Cyber Data wants this babe, they're gonna have to come through me. (laughs) Yeah, oh god, wizard. Wizard. I don't even know who this character is. I don't know how old this character is supposed to be. But the fact that they're even suggesting that this character is underaged that's a big problem that is a big big problem and this may be the very last time that i ever do hunk and babe of the month on the other hand the hunk of the month is conan by crom he's cute and we're not talking about the new late night host Oh, because Conan was a new host at this time. That's funny. Okay, so he ain't no Rhodes Scholar, but he has more worldly knowledge than I'll ever have, and that body is enough to die for. I wouldn't mind this barbarian pillaging my village, but why does he have to be topless? He knows that drives me crazy. Even though he's known for busting heads, this boy is definitely built for loving okay check please i'm out (laughs) i'm done i can't i can't i'm sorry this is it i'm never gonna do hunkin babe in the month again ever period that's it i'm over it
1: yeah okay hey there gang adam here to talk about some homemade heroes that's right this time around. We have three homemade heroes submitted to the magazine. Quite an eclectic mix, if you ask me. First up is A Beast Figure by Brian Nixon of West Point, Utah. It was made from a Wolverine 3 head and body with saber-tooth arms and legs. So the reason for the saber-tooth arms and legs is that his boots and gloves had little furry parts on them. So it basically added fur to this body. However, as we know, Beast is a rather short and bulky character. And so it's really awkward to see this tall, skinny Beast. It really just looks like Mystique, halfway Wolverine and halfway Mystique. Mystique in her transformation. So it's it's kind of an awkward one. I could see why it wasn't the winner. Now the next one is pretty cool because it is the Predator and it used to be a Cop's Fireman figure. But I mean, this has a lot of sculpty and plastic and other things added to it. That's definitely just a base body. Like there's no way you could know that this was anything else. It's like, oh, it's just a Predator figure. And the Predator was made by David henson of des moines iowa but he's got the fangs he's got everything in there so pretty nice job there now the winner strangely enough is megaton man made from a he-man body and a toxic crusader's headbanger head and tmnt tattoo hands you guys remember tattoo he was the big sumo wrestler that you could put sticker tattoos all over his body that was by bob torigrosa of staten island new york way to go winning figure of the month there bob but megaton man for those of you who don't know i believe he was featured in megaton comics which is where rob liefeld and eric larson i believe did a lot of their early work i think some of their first published comics work was for megaton comics so yeah uh very forgotten character now but at the time somebody knew about him By the way, speaking of action figures, I hope that you are enjoying our YouTube series Action Figure Fury where we are digging into our own personal collections and Michael and I share some stories about these action figures that mean so much to us. So be sure to check us out on the Wizards Podcast YouTube channel. And hey, until next time, we'll see you in the toy box. Lastly, we have the contest.
0: I'm gonna read the list of items and we'll let you guys we'll talk about it on in social media. And then episode 25.5, I'll go over who did all the answers. For quiz 25, so the grand prize is a complete set of Sword of Azria limited series. It's autographed by Joe Casada. Okay, that's cool. Interesting. The first prize is a complete set of all the Nightfall crossover series, all chapters. That book is huge. Or a copy of Dark Knight limited edition hardcover autographed by Frank Miller. This is the first prize and not the grand prize. This seems so much better than four issues of Sword of Azrael signed by Joe Quesada. That seems like they don't know how to figure out prizes. Second prize, a complete set of limited series of Dark Knight Returns, all first printings or a complete set of Bane's appearances prior to nightfall including the sizzling hot revenge of Bane number 1 again the in- limited series of dark knight returns all first printings has got to be worth more than sort of azrael i'm sorry it has to be there's just there's no way third prize a set of frank miller's batman year 1 Or a copy of Alan Moore's Batman The Killing Joke, first printing. Wow. Wow. These are good prizes. (laughs) Really good prizes. Holy crow. Okay. Question number one is a nuclear physicist. And it's like a gazillion letters. No idea. Question number two, a biochemist. I don't know. Question number three, lawyer. It looks like I have an idea what this is. I'm going to go with Matt Murdock or Matthew Murdock. But it's too many letters. It could be also uh, Jennifer Walters, um, She Hulk. Four says student. Don't know. Five says test pilot. Uh, it's the full word, so it's probably Harold Jordan as opposed to Hal Jordan. The next one says a florist. Who's a florist? I don't know. Seven is a detective, and it's not Bruce Wayne for sure, or not Batman either. Eight is an archaeologist. Nine is a musician. I don't know who any of these people are. 10 is a photographer. What? 10 is Peter Parker. No, it's not because it's too short in the last name. Who are these characters they're talking about? Why? Why? This is why I hate these quizzes, too. That's why we're taking it to social media so you guys can help me out because I don't know and I am losing interest in caring. There you go. Yeah. Wow. So, this is a weird quiz, but, you know, we'll talk about it more in... We'll go over it next week or next month or whenever we talk about this again on a mini-episode. And that is the quiz for issue 24.
1: Hey, Michael, I had a special announcement I wanted to share with everybody out there. You know, we've been doing our great The Wizard Files interview series with former staff members of Wizard Magazine, getting great stories and making great connections. Well, our first guest, Ben Morse, actually pointed me in the direction of one of his co-workers who's gone on to do some pretty exciting stuff these days. But back at Wizard and Toy Fair, he was creating all sorts of fun video content, stop-motion animation, Alex Kropenak recently delivered to us a vintage tour of the wizard offices from the early 2000s. It is an absolutely hilarious trek through the offices with all the wackiness that you would expect, usually that you were seeing just in photos, and they brought it to life. So, it is now available. As you're listening to this Wizards Half episode, you can go over to the Wizards Podcast YouTube channel, and you will be able to find this video, an exclusive that's been released from the vaults. Yes, not seen in over a decade. So we hope that you will enjoy it and a big thanks to Ben and Alex for making it possible. And now, back to you, Michael. As always, don't forget to check us out on our social media, at Wizards Comics on Twitter,
0: at Wizards underscore comics on Instagram, at Wizards Podcast on YouTube. You can also find us on our Tee Public store. Order some t-shirts, hoodies. Just search Wizards Podcast. You'll find us. It's there. It's very, very cool stuff. We got hoodies, shirts, hats, cups, mugs you name it all kinds of cool stuff and you can check us out our special wizard files episodes we have coming out we also have the last couple of episodes of the fantastic four roger corman miniseries that's coming out on fridays And we love interacting with our fans and and the followers and whoever. Just please hit us up. Check us out and let us know what you think, what we can do. And like I said, you know, Eric sent us a suggestion. We're going to give it a shot and see what you guys think and how we like it. But as always, don't forget to keep your books bagged and boarded.